some coming attractions to see? Hmm, thank you. Sorry, folks. Roll them! Now, I'm the king of the swingers, whoa, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man. Look at this autograph. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Chris, we are back. We are out of spooky season, and you know what? We're still rocking hard with Jerry's gang over on Patreon. You and I recorded in the same location for the first time in the history of this podcast, just for Jerry's gang. We haven't quite figured out how we're going to make it work for the main show, but we promise eventually we will be in the same same <laughs> space to do so. It was really fun to record uh, with you across the table as opposed to on screen, so uh, as we're as we're entering this new season of giving here in November, uh, part of Jerry's gang's perks is that we give them the chance to give us bracket topics. So at the end of November, Jerry's gang has already chosen and already knows what we're going to be doing. So this is your this is your call to action, everybody. This is your call to action to come join us at Jerry's gang, patreon.com slash mouse madness. Get in on the fun. Chris is putting together a trivia night coming up very, very soon for Jerry's gang. So you're going to want to be there for that. Uh, five bucks a month. It helps support the show and we appreciate it. But that that bracket is not this one. This bracket is all about something that the Disney parks and their characters give to us. We're talking about the best Disney parks autographs bracket. Nothing like a visual bracket for an audio only show. So I hope everyone's really ready to to describe what these autographs look like. And here to help us and join us on this journey is Miss Magic Key herself. It oh, is God. returning guest host Taylor. Taylor, welcome back to Mouse Madness. Hi, yes. <laughs> I'm officially a key holder as of um last time I saw you guys or listened to you guys. But yeah, it's super fun. Awesome. Congratulations on that. And now you can go ride Storybook Canal Boats over I know. and over. I actually and over. did. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Incredible. It was a great experience. And I'm sure it was the best attraction that you went on. You're lying. Like all day. Um, <laughs> so, so Taylor, uh, this, this topic of like character meet and greets, it's one that we talk about a lot on this podcast it's like you it seems like you're someone who either loves it or hates it kyle is very much a i'm out don't i don't want to talk to a character i don't i don't want to be grilled i don't want to be put on the spot leave me out of it i really enjoy the character meet and greet i like playing along i like getting my picture taken so are you a fan of the character meet and greet no (laughs) so i feel like we've already discussed this but if i had to go to disneyland with one of you guys i really feel like me and kyle we would gel our itinerary um but chris like (laughs) 
I'd probably have to ditch you because (laughs) I just don't know what to do when I meet the characters. I met Miguel like last time I went to Disneyland before pandemic. And I was just like, is this puppet Miguel? Is this like the marionette (laughs) Miguel? Yeah. And I just didn't know what to do. I was like, oh no. Fair. Very fair. So, um, to help us get through talking about all of these awkward character interactions, uh, we, we need some spoonful of sugar. So a little, little liquid courage. Kyle, what's your spoonful of sugar today? I have something left over from spooky season, which is very, very exciting. I have a beer that is called Sister Wednesday, and it's from Laughing Monk Brewing. And right. the Laughing Monk Brewing Company logo is usually this bald-headed man that is laughing but this time he has the wednesday adams braids nice. on sister wednesday oh, gosh. uh and the <laughs> the background of that is a spider web uh so it's still it may be november but it's still spooky season in my heart i have two more of these to get through so a little leftover action for this time around i don't have a clever name for it because i like the name sister wednesday as a a nod to the adams family uh chris what do you have so well, Bay Area boy had his first Bay Area bomb cyclone. Yes, this week. sure did. <laughs> and uh, it was intense. We had a tree fall down uh, outside of our balcony area. We were without power for 19 hours. It just Ugh. came back on. And I was really concerned about like my spoonful of sugar. Like, <laughs> right. More, e- e- even oh, more boy. so than like, <laughs> is my laptop going to have enough battery to survive this recording session? I was like... Is the alcohol going to be cold? Of course. Because, of course, like you're not supposed to open your fridge during a power outage because it lets out all the cold. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got to at least wait until Mouse Madness to open my fridge because <laughs> um, I need to grab a beer. I went to BevMo and I, I stocked up on my California beer since I got here. So I got a Cool Kids Juicy IPA. Ooh. Um, It's from Calicraft. And it is uh, brewed right here in Walnut Creek. And it's got a real cool, like, 80s kind of pastiche um, art work. And I have not tried it yet. So this is my, this is my first taste. Straying away from this sour beer, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, see I'm interested in your, like, juicy IPA take because I've had this one before. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's way, like, it is a juicy IPA. Like, there's, there's some sweetness to that one. Yeah, so people throw around juicy, I think, a little bit liberally these days, and it's like, that's definitely, like, not super juicy, but that is a juicy, very smooth, easy-to-drink IPA. Reminds me of a little New England-style IPA. Oh, there you go. Bit. Yeah. So, so, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Taylor, what have you got? Do you have a spoonful of sugar? Are you going, are you going solo? Um, I am drinking a Trader Joe's. This is something new I tried. And it is the coconut water with yuzu. Do you guys, what's yuzu? It's a fruit, right? Yuzu. But yes, Y-U-Z-U. It's like this sparkling coconut watery beverage. It's so good. And I just tried it for the first time this past week. And it's like heaven. It sounds like a yuzu is an East Asian lemon of sorts. Lemon. It's a... It's not that tart. It's very smooth. I think the coconut water is really good. Well, now I'm very interested in tasting what a yuzu-based drink is. 
Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be the perfect mixer if you wanted to make a drink, but I just drink it out of the can. <laughs> we respect it. We respect really the good. ease of use mm -hmm. for sure. All right. We've got our drinks in hand and that's a good thing because coming up next is the pull of the pod. We are trying to find a very specific card out of these decks of 50th anniversary Disneyland upper deck cards. And we are looking for Tom Morrow, who was an animatronic figure in rocket jets to the moon, whatever, interventions. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I just really want to start getting into this pack because, as I said on the most recent episode, we only have eight left, eight packs left. And we've gone through so many cards. If, you, if you're part of Jerry's gang, you watch the videos. I have a stack of cards that I'm holding up to the camera right now. And this isn't even all of them. And they're just here. And I really hope that this one is it. So let's get into it. Uh, the first one we've definitely gotten before. We're back to being discouraged right off the top here. It is Mickey and Minnie 50th celebration. So went over this before. It's just the, the pair of them in their 50th anniversary clothes, which actually fits for this one. Because uh, if you went to get an autograph in 2005, they are probably wearing these outfits. So classy. Very there's classy. that. Next one is a debut attraction. It is 1967's People Mover, which I also believe that we've gotten before. But, you know, I will always love a You'll moment. You'll love to see it, yeah. Yeah, I always love a moment to, to see the People Mover, to talk about the People Mover, since that is a very much a missed attraction in Tomorrowland. Next one, definitely have gotten it before, and it is not tomorrow. 1955, debut attraction of the Mad Tea Party. The original placement of it behind the carousel on the big swirly board that it spins on. Really nice photo. I like this photo of it, um, but it is not Tom Morrow, so I don't like it that much. And the final card of this deck before the attraction poster is not Mr. Tom Morrow. It is 1961's debut attraction, Flying Saucers, which we also have gotten before. Uh, yeah. The black and white photo of people on the saucers over in Tomorrowland, basically where Space Mountain is currently, I believe. And our attraction poster of the pack is a classic one of a horrible ride. It is Tomorrowland's Autopia. <laughs> no, I went on it recently. It was really okay, fun. Ex explain. It let's, was. let's dive into this a little bit. <laughs> what what, what are really the ways? Fun? Name the ways it was fun. <laughs> I, we went in with really low expectations, me and my sister Morgan. And I let her drive, and she was a really good driver, which I was very <laughs> impressed because the last time I went on it, we were younger, and we were, you know, hitting all the... Mm -hmm. And then, so it was a smooth ride. There was a nice, cool, crisp, you know, wind in our face, and I don't know. I just really enjoyed the experience, and we got the gr lime green car, and we manifested that. Like, it was our intuition. <laughs> we're like... If we don't get lime green, we're not going to do it. <laughs> and then as like we're at the front of the, you know, the line, we see the lime green car pull up and we're like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Had it been any other color, you would have been like, all right, we're leaving the line. This is. I know. I was like, I just waited 30 minutes for this, <laughs> but like I got to go. That's great. All right, well, then you're happy about this attraction yeah. card. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I like the art on this. It's the very simplistic kind of mid-century look to it very classic disneyland poster so i can appreciate it um but it, it's definitely not for me and it wasn't tom morrow 
So there's that. We'll be back on part two to see if we can find uh, this elusive human being animatronic. I I, I wanted to potentially like take over pack opening duties to kick to kind of like try and mix up the mojo a little bit. But sure. we're at the point where like I would feel bad at this point if I pulled him because you have been you've been going in on all these for like six months now. I'm gonna I feel give like you, you need to do the honors. I'm gonna give you the last pack. You're okay. going to open the very okay. last pack. If, if like Tom Morrow hasn't been found already, you're going to get the very last pack. And I swear, I swear, if Tom Morrow is in that pack, I'm going to be so upset that I sat here, brought these cards with me on vacation one time to record. <laughs> I did everything <laughs> for this oh, segment. And if you, you get it, I think I have to quit, honestly. That's it. It's been nice. And we're bringing in Mandy or Tess to take my place. Sure. Um, all right, so let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, we've got uh, a great bracket of 16 Disney Parks characters, um, and we're debating which one gives the best autograph. This is kind of an obscure like idea, but some of our more obscure ideas are some of our most fun shows. So yeah. who knows <laughs> what we're going <laughs> to get here. Uh, we compiled a few uh, photos of some of these autographs that we'll throw in the show notes if you want to go through the slides. Shout out to charactercentral.net for providing pretty much all of the information for this podcast episode. They have they keep track of like every character that's ever appeared in any way in any Disney park. They've listed uh, where you can find them, how rare the appearance is, and they have a bunch of photos of different types of autographs that they might give out. So it was super cool to kind of peruse that giant database and we put together some photos of, of the characters we're talking about. Yeah. And also I've shouted out this page before, and I think it was when we did the character costume bracket, yeah, um, but yeah. every character.com was another one that also oh, yeah, provided yeah. the, uh, the autograph as well as some information and even told, tells you a little like what some of their sayings are so that you can tell that to the character, which I would not do because I don't do this because I don't want to talk to them. But Taylor, to ease our anxieties, we can roll up to the park and and say some yes. of these pre, pre-chosen pre lines yeah. to these characters. Maybe we should study it up on this. We'll run lines. There, yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> we'll rehearse it. <laughs> it's just interesting. that it seems, There seems to be like a whole character culture, you know, find character scavenger hunt culture that's a lot yeah. like pin, pin trading. And I dabbled in pin trading, but it is just so expensive. I so feel expensive. Like, I feel like I like might be interested in getting getting into like character meet and greets. The the like the the jackpot for this is run Disney events. Like if you run the run oh, the, yeah. the half marathon or something, like they'll bring out Claude Frollo out there and just <laughs> put him out there by Angel Stadium, and you're like, oh my god, you got to stop and take a picture with him. Totally. Definitely not great for your half marathon splits but no if you're trying to get some some dope character photos or autograph go for it yeah totally so yeah we 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 narrowed it down to a field of 16 to debate um and to help us get there we chose a demographic of people that made themselves known earlier this week kyle what what do you have to say about these people yeah, so we we sent the interns back into the parks and thank goodness that they have the correct magic key because Disney recently announced that they are going to up the prices of 
single day of all all day park tickets as well as parking and they raised parking from 25 to 30 dollars per car and so we asked the interns to go find people on the esplanade who are complaining about the recent hike in parking price which is warranted they should be complaining about it it's atrocious that it's 30 dollars to to park your car at the parking structure when there's not a tram running right now you're parking at the parking structure and then walking to the parks that's not 30 dollars worth so these these complainers who i would be one of them helped <laughs> us find 16 fantastic disney parks autographs but of course there are a few that did not make it into that. That is the Miss the Dance. Chris, what is a Miss the Dance for you? So I have a few. I mean, it was really fun for me to go through all of these character signatures and see some of the cool different styles that characters might sign in. Um, so I could go on like for days and talk about uh, all of these different signature techniques. Uh, one of them for me is the Seven Dwarves. I think it's just cool to kind of make it your mission to maybe collect all seven of the seven dwarves. Probably uh, yeah. super difficult, but each one has their own signature that's unique to their character. Sleepy kind of his why kind of like tails off and starts getting like dotted as if he's falling asleep while he's signing the <laughs> autograph. Uh, Dopey has a backwards E and a backwards Y in his signature. Grumpy's I don't really, I don't really get Grumpy's. It's kind of, it kind of looks like maybe like a stick carving. He's like mad. He's like jagged, just like, fine, I'm going to sign it. Yeah. It it would make more sense if Grumpy just wrote (laughs) off in your book. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Language. If you handed it, if you handed it to him, like that's what Grumpy would do, right? You'd be like, I hate this. Don't want. Uh, We've also got in this similar vein, we've got the country bears, which is like kind of a terrifying, got to catch them all, but shaker. (laughs) The one who's making kind of a scared face, he like shakes his his hand a little bit when he's signing his autograph, so it's very like squiggly. And yeah. last but not least, come on, we got to shout out the the OG Disney autograph, Walt Disney himself, totally, who signed autographs in the parks all the time and notoriously would just hand out pre-signed copies of his own autograph to people to save some time. But he has a beautiful signature. Uh, he was the the very first Disney animator, so. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a very cool autograph and one that I'm sure sells for a lot these days. I'm sure. Uh, Kyle, what about you? I have one and it's Mr. Incredible's signature. And I actually could go for any of the Incredible signatures, but I chose Mr. Incredible because it is so neat, uh, neatly written, which is very standard for like the Incredibles world like any sort of promo asset that we see of them is that like mid-century straight line kind of mosaic almost looking and this invokes that a lot it's Mr. and the R extends as one straight line across and Incredible is written on that straight line but the I extends out of that horizontal line to to create the uppercase I and it's it's neat it's nice but I think it missed the dance because it's impressive that the actor was able to do this in the Mr. Incredible mask. Part of like what mm-hmm. I'm associating to like best parks autograph is like, is the work good? Does that autograph look good? Does it fit the character? And then what was the difficulty level of that autograph from that character? 
And so to see somebody like Mr. Incredible, who's in this full on like plastic head mask, uh, Frozone 2, and Frozone's head is like freaking huge, uh, to be able to sign neatly like this and it's it's just awesome so i really like this autograph i think it's a miss the dance for me taylor any autographs that have missed the dance for you yes i have two um for me i was looking at autographs seeing which ones i felt like were true to the character genuine and i saw moana's and i was like that is moana's autograph because that's like probably how i wrote my name when I was her age. And I love how the O is a, a squiggle. Mm, like the heart of Tafiti. Exactly. And then um, also I was surprised Goofy's not on here. I think Goofy should have bumped someone off. Maybe no. another dog. Oh. But Goofy's signature is authentic to who he is. And it, when you see it, you're like, yeah, Goofy would sign like that. <laughs> And the F is the F is backwards. It's it's just perfect. It's like a dad signature. And I'm sure his son was forging that on all his field trip documents. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Those are some good miss the dances. Those are those that's a solid crew there that I, I think I'd agree with you that should have probably made the dance. But we have sixteen that actually did. And it is time to announce our round of 16, our bracket of 16, our big time bracket of best Disney parks autographs. Let's go ahead and cue that dramatic music. And let's get it going. Looking real squiggly at the number one seed is Mickey Mouse. The pixie dust is mightier than the sword. Coming in at number two, it's Tinkerbell. A dynamic duo snags the spot at the three seed. It's Chip and Dale. Bibbidi bobbin into the four spot is Cinderella. Signing autographs up where they walk at the five seed. It's Ariel. You know what a big hat means. Big autograph. Coming in at number six, it's the Mad Hatter. He's on a boat. Sailing at the seven seed is Donald Duck. Coming in at number eight, you know you love me. XOXO, Minnie Mouse. He's got a snake in his boot at the ninth spot. It's Woody. The most obnoxious child at Disneyland every day of the week. Flying into the 10 seed, it's Peter Pan. He's back for a millionth consecutive bracket at the 11th seed. It's Dr. Facilier. <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> He's back. Never left. Hide your autograph books, because she might just keep it. Coming in at number 12, it's Belle. Slithering into the 13th seed is Jafar. Breaking all the forced perspective rules is the number 14 seed, <laughs> Stitch. Odelaying his way at the 15th seed is Robin Hood. It's going to be the number 16 seed for you, dog. Rounding out the bracket is Pluto. <laughs> Uh, Taylor, 16 autographs. You had mentioned that you were not too fond mm -hmm. of a few. You didn't tell us who those were, and I'm glad that you didn't. But are there any matchups that you're looking forward to? There are a bunch. <laughs> Every matchup you're looking forward um, to. Number eight versus number nine. That one's going to be tight for me. I don't know. We'll see. Always, always a good one. Minnie Mouse tight. versus Woody. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And it's actually... Very soon. We just have to get through this first one. So, Chris, 
Let's get into it. Let's start talking about it. I'm going to let you lead off our discussion. It's number one, Mickey Mouse versus number 16, Pluto. All right. So let's start with the Mick. Yeah. Number one, Mickey Mouse. I mean, this dude is the goat. He's Um, the leader of the club for you and me. And, you know, it's interesting that, like, for all of the Disney characters out there in the Disney universe... It's, we, we got almost all of the Fab Five on here, right? Like sans a, a lot of these, yeah, Sans Goofy. And I guess Daisy, she's kind of the like dis- disposable Fab <laughs> crew member. But Sander. Justice for Daisy. Uh, it's just interesting to see, you know? Yeah. Mick is perhaps the easiest autograph to obtain if you go by availability. <laughs> like th- he's. He's everywhere. He's always he's al- he's always somewhere. He's either at your house at his own house, just waiting for you to wait in a <laughs> he's forty-five at minute your house. line. You wake up, mix in your closet. He's at your house too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, he he he'd be on Main Street a lot, chilling out front outside the Opera House, greeting people as they come into the park. He's in parades. He's there at all kinds of Disney special events. Like getting the Mickey autograph is not difficult. No. And uh, like we mentioned, this site character central, they rank rarity of all of these autographs. And Mickey is like five out of five most common uh, level of autograph. And it makes sense. So the site says uh, you can meet Mickey at the movie barn in Toontown, at Disneyland, Main Street, and at California Adventure. He's, he's found on Buena Vista Street in his little like uh, paperboy outfit. Yeah. So he spans both parks. It is it is not hard at all to get a Mickey Mouse autograph. But just because the autograph is super common doesn't mean that it's not a great number one seed autograph. Yeah. I mean, this is this is just a classic signature. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. It is like so many of our number one seeds on these brackets, iconic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you've it, it's it's pretty simple. You've got kind of a almost scribbled sketch looking Mickey Mouse um, with usually like a little swirl or a squiggle on the bottom to kind of give it a little accent. Um, but the, the, I guess, handwriting is somewhat similar to like Disney script. Yes. The way that, that he dots the I tends to kind of be a little bit like a loop instead of like a dot. Uh, so that kind of gives it a little bit of a, I don't know, regal, regal feel to it as if meeting Mickey Mouse wasn't regal enough as right. it is. Um, I don't know. I, I, I said this in our weirdest Disney characters bracket. There is something about meeting Mickey Mouse that I really appreciate. Uh, he's, he's costumes are always kept in pristine condition, just like most of the other ones are as well. But uh, when you go into that room and you see the Mick, it's like, Seeing so, you know, it's like seeing someone important. And when he's doing autographs, he he holds himself very kind of like professionally as well. Yeah. A lot of these characters, when they sign, they'll like get down on their knee or they'll do like a a fake out where they put the autograph book, like you were saying, uh, up on up on their head to make it look like they're signing at their eye level. <laughs> um, or they'll they'll kind of squat or something. 
Mickey Mouse, he looks like a real person when he's when he's signing his <laughs> autograph. It's like he has it like right uh, just a little bit below the mouth level, uh, held out kind of three quarters of an arm's length and just like very casually kind of signing it. Uh, his shoulders like very like held upright and it's just getting that Mickey autograph. Like I said, it's very regal experience and, and I'm a fan of it. Big fan. Uh, on the other hand, you got Pluto. Pluto's Mickey's dog. Yep. And uh, much like Mickey, it is very common to find Pluto. Pluto is a five out of five most common uh, autograph in the Disney parks. Uh, he's found often on Main Street at Disneyland as well as back in Toontown. I mean, I, don't, I guess, I mean, we could talk about like where he is in all the Disney parks, but uh, we're, we're a pretty Disneyland biased podcast. So we can, <laughs> can kind of keep it. We can kind of keep it there. Yeah. Um, so his autograph is definitely a little bit less uh, professional looking. It's a little bit more scribbled, a little bit more like a dog might <laughs> sign their name. Yep. The the little like I don't know is it a tail on the P the like the long part that goes up and down. Yeah, I read it as a tail. Whatever it is, it's like it's it extends like way past uh, how a normal P would where where a normal P would stop. Uh, but then the defining feature of the Pluto autograph is instead of a regular O, it is a paw print. Mm-hmm. Which, like, if you think about it one way, it makes a lot of sense for this character to have a paw print as the last letter of his signature. But on the other hand, it's like, it also doesn't make Hold sense on. because why, <laughs> you're already you're already writing all of your other letters completely normal. So, like, why did you... Mm-hmm. It would make sense if he, like... if. He like he stamped a, it. His, yeah, he stamped it with like his actual paw instead of an O. But like he just drew. I mean, that happens with a lot of characters on this bracket. Uh, for Pluto, though, it's it's a little bit less convincing. You know, like it's. I don't see Pluto as someone who has a little flair for like pageantry. You know, so he's gonna just real cheeky make his mm-hmm. O a paw print. Mm-hmm. There's some other characters. We'll talk about how they kind of like transform their letters into other shapes and it makes a little bit more sense for them but for pluto it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um pluto is one of those characters that when he signs he puts the uh autograph book on his nose yeah (laughs) like you said kyle just so impressive that someone can like do that accurately hundreds of times in an hour not hundreds of times probably like dozens of times in an hour yep um and make it the same every single time. It's got to be a lot of practice. I, I've noticed that in reviewing footage of a lot of these characters, they are left-handed. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence or if they recommend that you teach yourself how to sign Disney signatures left-handed so that it's like you're developing a whole new muscle memory. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're, as if you're like, learning a motion as opposed to like writing something in your own handwriting. Right. That's very interesting. In fact, I remember, um, you know, as we worked in baseball, our mascot would have to practice the signature because they try and keep the signatures as uniform as possible from the person before them and whoever is that full-time mascot. And so there was a, a day where they were just signing, just signing, trying to make it, just muscle memory because then once you're in that suit you gotta just kind of (laughs) remember right because you're not seeing a whole lot 
So interesting, interesting observation, general observation for all characters, not just Pluto. Uh, man, I'm sure the Pluto costume is so annoying because kids are like almost eye level with that mouth and that tongue is extending out uh, right right into like where where they can reach. So anytime F- Pluto is like in a crowd, he's just getting grabbed yep. um, and getting accosted by children. And it just seems very frustrating and annoying. Um, and of course, like the performer's face is in there. So like if you look hard enough, you you might see some eyes staring back at you. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, I hate that. Uh, For me in the first round, I'm going with the easy one. I'm going with the Mick. I think his autograph is better. I think meeting him is a more enjoyable experience. Um, I think the idea of him signing makes a whole lot of sense for the character as well. Um, He is the Mick. So, so yeah, it's the easy one for me. Yep, I'm going to go Mickey Mouse as well. I think that Pluto's is... It's definitely difficult to sign in a uh, in a suit like that. Um, I don't think that Pluto should be signing these as a human being with holding a pen. Uh, and then at the point that you brought up with the paw print as the the O at the end, which is really just drawing three circles above it. I'd almost prefer if they just like implanted a like pad stamp in mm. his like paw, and then like the the holder would then like like shake his hand, like thank you so much for meeting that kid sort of thing so that the next kid that comes up, he just stamps the autograph book, uh, then actually write it out. Go ahead, Disney, you can use it. You feel free to hire me. I can give you all these ideas. I know you're listening. Uh, but it just is kind of, it looks like a, a three-year-old wrote out Pluto. Uh, and I'm, I like Mickey's. Mickey's feels Disney, feels Disneyland. You said he's regal. It's definitely like the branded signature with the the little squirrely O above uh squirrely O, squirrely circle above the I as the dot. Very reminiscent of like the Walt Disney Pictures auto like signature, which isn't Walt's signature, but it's the font that they use for yes. the, yeah. the company. Um so it kind of ties in as like this is our guy. Like this is this, this guy is this guy's Disney. Um so I like that. Better than Pluto. Taylor. Mickey's moving on. Do you agree? Yes. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So I want to I want to follow up on children accosting characters because uh, this is another thing I noticed is that it is especially particularly in the Pluto costume when he the, the performer is basically staring down this tunnel. It's like it, he literally has tunnel vision. Yeah. It's a complication for all costume characters. Yes. People will hate will hand them the autograph book and they like won't be able to see it mm-hmm. in their peripheral. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes like they'll get handed a pen and they like won't they can't they like grab won't it. be <laughs> they won't be able to grab it. So they have to like just hold them hold their hand out to for it to be placed in there. Yep. Yep. It just seems like a, it just seems like a really difficult experience. Yeah. I don't know that this would be I mean, unless like my whole thing is that I enjoy acting that much that I'm willing to kind of put up with the autograph portion of this gig. But I don't know that I would want to be a complete costumed character at the parks. It's you're 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 a giant puppet. You're essentially operating a giant puppet. So like it's gotta be difficult. It, if it you takes are, some body coordination, you know? If you are one of those and I somebody reached out to us on 
Twitter who was like a friend of a friend who worked at um, Disneyland. And I don't remember if you told us that you were a character, but if you have any insight, we would love to hear from you. Mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It is the one that Taylor's been waiting for. It is the number eight Minnie Mouse versus number nine Woody. I'm going to go ahead and start with Woody. So difficulty level, a thousand. This Woody costume seems impossible. Yeah. yeah. It does not make any sense. Like, basically, if you're looking at this costume, if the person in it is as tall as I think they are, then their head and their eyes are looking out of Woody's mouth. And if that's the case, Mm. then there's another close to two feet of head on top of that head, right? Like, Woody's head is massive. I think I think something I remember in my little audition was like a very tall guy, and he was like, "Yeah, I've been I've been Woody before, and I've been Mike 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 Mike's Mike." Was that? I almost said I almost said Mike's. Yeah, I almost said Mike Sully. I'm like, who's Mike (laughs) Sully? He's been James P. Sullivan. Imagine that he was really tall guy. He's been Woody, and then he's been Mike Mike. Wazowski. That's range. Well, isn't, yeah, that is range. Isn't Mike Sully that <laughs> meme where where like his his it's like a face swap? Oh yeah yeah yeah. You're right. You're right. Anyways, it's like Renesme. It's You're their fr- kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Or my second point is that this is a normal sized person that is wearing one of those rigs that sits on your shoulders. So I imagine like Hades is wearing this. Um, in right. the Hades costume where the shoulders are sit- like you have this rig and the face is actually through the bandana, mm. which is why Woody has the bandana in this uh, so that they can see look through a mesh um, and their arms are really close to to them and they sign everything right here. And that's how they can look. Um, I didn't look into the the costuming of it, but regardless, you either have an entire costume on your shoulders or you're looking through the mouth of Woody and you're top heavy no matter what. It's got to be the mouth. I mean, and just looking at this picture, like, yeah, you can, you can kind of like estimate yeah. that it's like mouth because the arms are real person arms. They're not real weird. Arms. They're, they're not weird uh, extender arms. Real person arms. Um, so Woody can be found at California really either at the area next to Big Thunder, um, like where Rancho Zuccolo's like little mm-hmm. patio is, um, or in some sort of Pixar-esque way over at DCA. Usually it was like within the parade. I don't know that there was necessarily a meet and greet with him over at, um, pic- over at DCA, unless it was for like Pixar Fest, which I didn't attend. Uh, I think like mi- around Midway Mania, like Midway Mania for a while. At the, I think you can find him at the. Actually, now that you bring that up, at the um, Pixar Promenade, where the like the little symphony thing plays. I think that's also mm. a stage for him as a meet and greet, um, if I remember correctly. Funny story about that. I do remember correctly because we were walking by that one time. I was working for the A's and. The A's were in Anaheim and just happened to be that I was also at Disneyland at the same time. And I ran into 
Marcus Simeon and his family <laughs> meeting Woody outside of the promenade. So you're completely correct. That's where he would be. That's good content, man. It is good content. I should have captured that thing. Look at Marcus at Disneyland. Future, future home run leader at second base in American League history. Future San Francisco Giant, too. Ah, well, let's relax. So Woody's signature is Woody, all in capital letters. And something that I'm going to continue to bring up is, is flair. I love a little flair in my autograph. Pluto's mm. paw print, that was flair. It was poorly done, but that was some flair. Mickey doesn't really have any flair except for the squiggly at the bottom. I'll consider that flair, but that's a, that's a one out of five flair. Woody's is that his Y loops back around like as if you're writing a cursive Y and as you're coming back up to that initial U shape above him lasso perfect above the name is a lasso dude it is so good it is exactly what Woody should be signing as a cowboy sheriff and incorporating it as the Y so that he can just continue with it it adds also that motion of like flair from him. So he's like, W-O-O-D. And then here we go, baby. There's the Y. Very good. Very flamboyant. I love it. I think that is a great subtle way of writing this autograph. Other than just writing it out from somebody who's in this big, big costume. Up against Minnie Mouse at the eight seed. And Minnie's is wonderful. Because Minnie's is... Very, it feels very personal. It feels like yeah. this is a a signature that like like your grandma or like some like somebody a loved one signed mm-hmm. for you at the end of like a letter. It's very authentic to like Minnie, who is this very warm character, kind of the balance to Mickey, uh, Chris, especially in the Mickey that you like, which is that kind of like Mickey doing his best, the everyday man, the one that is just always trying to to do great and. Minnie's also trying to do that for him, makes them the kind of everyday people. The signature feels very everyday. Uh, Minnie signs both eyes with a heart above them. And then she ends everything with XOXO. She also often will begin her signature with love. Love, Minnie Mouse, XOXO. It is just really like that, that personal touch of, you know, I won't call it magic, but it's that kind of like per- that lovely experience that you want to get when you go to these parks that you feel like you're being treated special, even though she's obviously signing this for everybody. But yeah. like for that character to have to sign that over and over again in the mask, it, it's definitely muscle memory, but it feels super authentic, not only to Minnie, but to the experience that you would have if you met somebody that you feel like you've known because you've seen them on the screen for your entire life. I really enjoy that about Minnie's autograph. So when they're going head to head with the with the lassoing Woody and with the really authentic Minnie Mouse, I'm going to I'm going to lean to the authenticity. I'm going to lean towards that heart, that kind of warmth that you get from this character. I'm going to go with Minnie Mouse. <sighs> Kyle, I mean, you you basically covered everything that I wanted to cover, uh particularly with just that very personal aspect of Minnie's mm-hmm. um Minnie's autograph. Like a yearbook, yeah. Many, mm-hmm. many most likely to write hags on yes. your autograph book. <laughs> Thousand percent. Um, another one that's just very 
commonly obtained in the Disney parks. Woody, same thing. Um, I don't know, but the way you were describing Woody really resonated with me. Um, hmm. And the way that he signs in that kind of like flick of the wrist motion totally. of, of the W to the O's to the D's and then with the Y at the end. Yeah, that was a good one. That's Shoot. Good. Ooh, hey, that wasn't a sound effect, everybody. That was out of Chris's mouth. Wow. I think this is this is an example of beauty in the simplicity mm. with Woody, where you just need that one thing that seems like such a small addition to this signature, but makes it uh so unique and and on point in character all at the same time. That's that lasso. Um, I just love it. And if I remember correctly, the way that he signs, he does kind of like a full arm extension. Yep. Um, and he, he almost looks kind of like an artist with a little easel when he's doing the signatures. I'm going with Woody. I'm hyped on, like I said, <laughs> wow. I'm hyped on the way you described it, you know? Okay, so, okay, okay. Um, and I don't mind seeing Taylor squirm a little bit. So <laughs> she's going to have to break the tie here. I'm stressed. Oh, gosh. Okay, you guys. This was my top matchup because you look at Minnie Mouse's and you just, you literally feel love. And then you look at Woody's and that is the coolest signature. I'm like, <laughs> oh. So one of the ways I decided that I was going to break the ties was by using graphology. Graphology Ooh. is... Something that I was introduced to at my last job because one of the older nurses was looking at the patient documents and was describing personality traits of the patients based on how they signed the documents. So graphology is the science that determines the link between character traits and a handwritten signature. So I wanted to say like, which signature is most authentic to the character? Okay. So, gosh, this is so hard because <laughs> they both rank like very high on authenticity for me. Oh my gosh, I'm stressed. <laughs> oh man. And Minnie Mouse is like one of, they're both. And Woody, they're both two of my favorite characters, but I think I have to go with the upset and give it to Woody. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Oh, my gosh. Somebody's poison the water hole (laughs) in Toontown. Here's also something that, Taylor, you just brought up with Minnie's signature that I really enjoyed, even though she's she's getting booted off, Mm -hmm. is that sense of, like, actual love and warmth Mm -hmm. and it almost looks like a note that would accompany the like the pie she makes and that one mickey short where she puts on the windowsill like it feels like she like made that and then like signed it Mm -hmm. real quick to put it with it it's that it's that warmth it's that home Mm -hmm. feel it's really nice but hey i can't be mad i was was a very giving character but i will say that from the samples we were given there are they're each very different. It just kind of yeah. looks like my own signature. So mm. Woody's moving on. All right. Let's hop to the next matchup. It's number four, Cinderella versus number 13, Jafar. Uh, Jafar, shout out to Jafar. 
He was on our weirdest uh, Disney character, parks character costume bracket, if I remember yep. correctly. Um, and it's a pretty weird costume. <laughs> but let's slow down. Let's hop back to Cinderella. We got our first face character here, people. Yes, we do. Finally. It takes a lot of uh, patience to be inside of a costumed character and have kids pulling on you and, uh, you know, not really sure where your face is and (laughs) yanking things that they don't realize might hurt you. (laughs) I'm sure that that's just a a test in, in someone's patience, being inside a Pluto or a Tigger or something. But the face character is on the front lines. This person Mm -hmm. has to keep composure 110% of the time. Yep. You could be inside of a Tigger and be like underneath that mask, be like... Yeah. But when you're you're a Disney (laughs) princess, you you have to keep that smile all the time. And I brought this up in one of the other episodes. You also have to do it with dealing with weird adults. Yeah. And that's what I think is why Jessica Rabbit was a masked character was because she's so obviously sexualized that they're like, okay, we're going to get the dads and that's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's definitely very cringy to watch adults um, interacting with the princesses in a way that's clearly kind of creepy. Yep. On the other hand, seeing a princess interact with a child that clearly idolizes that princess Mm -hmm. is perhaps the greatest interaction of all character interactions. Totally. Um, You know, seeing videos of little boys and girls dressed up, uh, meeting the character that they are dressed as, it will melt even the most frozen of hearts. Uh, so, so we get that with Cinderella. Cinderella is located in the officially sanctioned princess meet and greet area in Fantasyland. She's also in uh, Ariel's Grotto at DCA. And she has a, a, a pretty good signature. Uh, she, she often puts a love comma before she signs and the C it's basically like a big C and then the Inderella is like cursive on top of the bottom of the C right basically like imagine imagine a Cubs logo but instead of Cubs it's (laughs) Inderella and then sometimes not all the time she'll add a little bit of like um, pixie dust flair to the signature and that's that goes with her character because, you know, she gets bibbity bobbity booped yeah. straight to upper class. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to make such like a sweeping claim, but I would say the Cinderella signature might be the best in terms of like penmanship and like mm-hmm. uh, n- definitely not like artistry, but just like, wow, I would, I would really like this person to like write my wedding invitations. Right. And the French one is good. So like in the things that we're looking at, uh, they often will include signatures from the characters at the foreign parks and the Disneyland Paris one shows up a ton and we'll see. I bring up some of that later on, but anytime I'm going to be so biased with a lot of these like 
choices because anytime they can add a little of that like that sparkle that mid-century like little i don't even know how, i can't even describe it but you would know what i'm saying it's literally the sparkle emoji that we have now uh in written form it just it matches so well with so many of the characters and really adds that flair i really like mm-hmm. that so the french one is fantastic and just to boot this character is oftentimes being accosted with question and like banter <laughs> and yep. they're having to do these like very ornate princess signatures on top of like answering questions in this very like proper way. Um, yep. It's just very impressive. Very, very impressive. Cinderella is going up against Jafar, the number 13. <laughs> and Jafar has a super weird costume. Look it up if you've never seen it. Basically, he has a whole, his whole like chin from like his nose to his chin is all mm-hmm. foam and the actors peeking through the foam. Uh, one of those ones where you're like, how is this not a face character? Just make the transition already. But for having such a weird costume, Jafar's signature is dope. Yeah. So dope. So basically, Jafar does a cursive J and a cursive Afar, but adds one extra hump on the beginning of the J and turns it into a cobra with a tongue and eyes and a hood. Yep. Which, if y'all seen Aladdin, Jafar turns into a cobra at the end of it. And his, and his staff has... <laughs> Spoilers and for Aladdin, staff, the movie we his, hate on this podcast. His staff the entire time. It's just part of his... His hat is very cobra-ish. Like, there's a lot that's going on with Jafar. I, I mean, this is one of those ones where you got that, you got that little doodle that kind of gives it that extra dimension. Uh, on the other hand, though, if we're going with, like, Taylor's graphology criteria like if you met a real jafar and were like sign this please i don't think he'd be out here like doodling snakes <laughs> on where he's supposed to sign his name you right know? i think um i really want to give it to jafar here because i that i think that snake illustration is is one of the better bonus illustrations you get on this bracket I think I'm going to lean Cinderella on it, though, just because of the ornateness of it being uh, elite level. And I think the Jafar meet and greet itself is probably just in general not as fun (laughs) as a princess meet and greet. So uh, I'm going with her. Yep, I'm going to agree with you. It's definitely uh, Cindy to the next round here. I like Jafar's, but as we see in the example that we will provide to you all in the show notes... Mm -hmm. It's not consistent. Yeah. He's not consistently doing True. it. He's it doesn't look as good as the actual, you know, the everycharacter.com example that that you have at the top of this slide. At the bottom, the snake looks scary. It's it's not it's a little wide. It's obviously somebody in a in a mask that has to do it. Uh, and then if snake, they yeah. if they don't want to do it, they sign it very similarly to like a Mickey where it's like Jafar spelled out in all caps with a little squiggle at the bottom of it to add a little flair. So I like it. I like the idea. I like the concept. But uh, Cinderella's is classic, and I'll talk more about it next time. Taylor, do you agree with this pick? Yes, I agree with with the pick. Um, Yeah, you have to be consistent. This is your job if you're a character, (laughs) and you should be practicing. And if they give you a sample, it should match that perfectly or else. That's what I say. 
or else. You heard it yeah. here first from the new magic key holder. She's going to storm <laughs> the gates and punish you if she gets a yeah. an inconsistent autograph. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this next matchup because there's some stuff to talk about with these two. It's number five, Ariel versus number 12, Belle. I want to start with Belle. What the hell is Belle's autograph? Dude, it was like someone thought someone thought of the flare and then was like, okay, do it, but do it like four more times. So <laughs> Bell's is written in like a cursive with a, a large B that the the like backbone of the B kind of flares out as like an S, if I can even describe that correctly. Uh you'll have to look at it to really get the feel of it. It it's and like then, it feels like a French like a sign on a French hotel. Which makes sense, right? Because yeah. this is yeah. a French story. And the E, instead of, you know, Woody, right? The Y whip, whips back and then comes over it and it's one smooth motion. The E stops, juts back towards the B, and then it's just a twister of lines under it. I think and it's I, supposed to be like lace, or like a shoelace or like a lacing a shoelace of some kind which doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense for bell but that was my individual interpretation <laughs> of it. did you watch a, a video of bell signing this yeah but it didn't like show her mm. it was like a it was like a, a disney adult like interview like being like oh bell like don't know what the beast and she's like uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like signing. okay so here's if I were to make up a reason why the switchback happens at the bottom of her name. So in the movie, the big climactic scene is her and the beast dancing and they're kind of swaying back and forth. So if this is kind of one of these mm. kind of rocking back and forth motions as if it's invoking kind of that, like that dance. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's, a stretch of an idea, but I need to justify why the hell this is happening on this name. So sometimes Belle signs with the rose at the end, which is also weird because like the rose is like the sign of death for the beast. If that petal falls off in the movie, he's he's like done. He's done so. Um, but she loves it. Also, like her dad was like, I don't know. Her dad clipped a rose for her. That's how he got got. It's this is whole rose thing. Uh whatever. Who cares? Bell's signature is not good. Ariel's signature is also not good. I got I got when you were talking about the rose, I think petals falling. So that's exactly what that is. That's exactly what that is. So that that swaying back and forth that I thought may have been invoking dance is really invoking the fall of a petal. Gosh, this is morbid. But this, like, also, like, this is, there's some artistic interpretation in the signature here. Hmm. Hmm. We started with shoelaces. We <laughs> went into, like, dance steps. And we're now we're into falling rose petals. Like, this is, this is a uh, conversation piece. Yeah. The signature. That's, that's super interesting. Uh, like I said, if anybody's listening and has some insight onto this, I, I'd love to know what that is. Because that, that rose petal thing is really, I'm kind of sold on that. Um, regardless, let's go to Ariel's. 
help me decipher this one. Uh, we have Ariel's name written, large A, and the A continues to kind of swoop around. I'm guessing that's invoking the like the swimming habits of like a, you know, you can you can kind of make these sporadic tight turns as you're swimming with like a, a fin, I guess, if I had to say. I can't really tell what the pattern is. I couldn't even tell you what this looks like. Uh, you just have to see it for yourself. The A swims around the page and then Ariel, Ariel is written above the swirl. And then around the name itself are a bunch of circles that are supposed to invoke bubbles because Ariel is under the sea. So, fine. Circles are lazy and they're kind of dumb. I don't like how they look on these signatures, really. I think that it's, I don't know. I just don't like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like either of these mm -hmm. at all. Um, mostly because uh, Ariel's seems really hard to nail down. We see two examples and they look completely different. I'm sure that if you're meeting Ariel and you get the bubble treatment, it's going to either be skimpy like the one on the right that we're looking at, or it's going to be pretty full like the one on the left, depending on who you are. But the one on the left looks like it has chicken pox, like the big, there's like big uniform circles. Yeah. I, I think drawing bubbles is difficult if they're all the same size. Like it's, it's then just turns into mm -hmm. you just drawing circles around on a page. And like underwater aren't bubbles kind of like jellyfish like looking where they're kind of mm -hmm. like, they look like a contact lens. They're not like perfect Perfectly circles. circle. Right. right. Yeah, totally. Um, so in the, in this matchup, I, I don't like either of these really, but I think that we, we opened a part of my brain with that rose discussion. So I will go, I'm going to go ahead and pass on bell. It's going to be reluctant. It's going to be an upset, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, you did not mention, um, at the, the bottom of Ariel's autograph is kind of a, another little like flourish. And I think it's supposed to be a ribbon or a bow of some kind. And she wears a bow when she's out of the sea. Mm. Yeah. The one on the right has a bow-like tendency, but the one on the left, I couldn't find a disconnect in the line just from the A. It feels like it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like the line just keeps going into that bow, which makes it look not like a bow. Yeah, I think I, I agree with your analysis of both of these. I am going to go with Ariel though, because I like... I like the A, the ornate A that looks kind of like a star to me. Why that would make sense for Ariel, I don't know. But the bell script is just a little basic for me. So I'm going with Ariel. So Tay is breaking another tie. Yes. This one I'm ready for because I've been looking at this A in Ariel, and I think <laughs> I know what it is. Okay. okay. On the right, the right signature, it looks like her fins. The A, you know, and then the bottom two fins, oh. maybe. We'll see. Maybe. The thing at the bottom, I remember doing that in third grade. That is so whatever. <laughs> but, okay, according to graphology, the more highly stylized your letters are, the more boastful and possibly insincere you are. So both these girls are fake. So for this tie break, I have to go to my sister Morgan. She's my my Disney 
buddy, we go all the time together. And she looked at these two and she said, wow, Bells is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to agree. You know what? I like the rose. I think even that little back and forth thing could be like frosting on the gray stuff or something like that. Or the lacing of the corset. I don't think a shoelace, but maybe the corset. (laughs) But I have to go with Ariel on this one because, you know, I really like the bubbles. Reminds me of learning to swim. (laughs) (laughs) And then I really think it's supposed to be maybe like her fins or the swimming motion. But I think I have to go with Ariel. All right. Awesome. Ariel advances. So let's hop over to the other side of the bracket where we have number two, Tinkerbell versus number 15, Robin Hood. We have two totally different characters in terms of rarity of acquiring the signature. Tinkerbell is posted up at Pixie Hollow at Disneyland Park like all the time. Yeah. Um, And she's in the Town Square Theater in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Meets in Fantasyland at Hong Kong Disney World. She is all over the place. Um, if there's one thing I really appreciate about like my opinions changing in doing this podcast, it's that my appreciation for Tinkerbell has gone from like zero to ten. Okay. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big Tink fan. Okay. Uh, particularly because she's featured prominently in Light Magic, as are the rest of her. <laughs> fairy friends uh, but i digress um she also hates peter pan just like i do sure i'm um, very well, sassy same she got she got personality okay so see taylor knows um but tinkerbell is another one of these i think we talked about this in best sidekicks sexualized in a way that is very odd for someone who is like four inches tall yep um but the way she is animated in peter pan is at times obviously like a little bit suggestive. Yeah. It's the scene at the very beginning where she's measuring her hips and then it's the scene at uh, Captain Hook's thing where she's like walking across the the map and she's kind of like strutting. Almost. She also gets spanked at one point, which... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Tink, very easy signature to acquire. Um, Pixie Hollow, relatively new addition to like that in between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland area. The Pixies franchise, they went <laughs> seemingly all in on that. And then I don't think it panned out like they thought it would. Uh, admittedly, I have not seen any of the Pixie movies besides Peter Pan. So maybe I should look <laughs> into that. This off season, who knows? But sure, um, Tinkerbell, little little flair to her autograph. She's got um, a lot of those stars that you were talking about, Kyle. Mm-hmm. They kind of feel like mid century type stars that you see at like a bowling alley sign. Um, there's some little little dots. They're not circles. They're like little dots. Definitely feels like there's pixie dust involved yes. in the signature. Yes. The actual autograph itself is somewhere in between normal print and cursive. It's definitely not cursive. It's like lazy printing, which sure. um, I dig it. It's unique, you know? 
it's 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 not as like regal as like a princess, but it still seems like it has an artistic touch enough that it's someone who inspires creativity. And and like fairies are are the epitome of that. Totally. You know, Tink's going up against Robin Hood. Every time we talk about Robin Hood, we gotta give a shout out to Callie because she loves Robin Hood. <laughs> um, but unlike Tinkerbell being super common in the Disney parks, Robin Hood is near impossible to find. Uh, he cannot be met, according to Character Central, in the U.S., Paris, or Hong Kong. He appears at Tokyo fairly often. So if you want to meet Robin Hood at Disney Park, go to Tokyo. Apparently. He'll be out and about. So um, Robin Hood, his signature is pretty dope. Uh, the text is like written like it's a uh, carved into a tree which makes sense because robin lives in the forest yeah the hood the h o o d the second o is a is a target is an archery target and then he draws an arrow that creates the cross section of the h and is hitting the second o in a bullseye right yeah super cool um, and then up top, you've got the Robin, which at first glance looks really normal, but the R is a bow. Ah. That might be a liberal interpretation, yeah. but it looks like the... It's the, closer to like your carving <laughs> theory than it is a bow. Could be a little bit of both. Um, this is art. It is open to interpretation. So <laughs> anyway, super cool signature. Um Probably a little bit more fancy than actual Robin Hood would sign his name on like a document. But I want to shout out that the French version of his autograph is Robin Debois. Yeah. But uh, in English, it looks like it says Des Bois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Robin Des Bois. <laughs> uh, but Debois in French means woodland. So uh, oh. I don't know what the hood means in Robin Hood, but. Robin yep. of the Woods, basically, in French. Mm, I love Tinkerbell. I love advancing Tink on any bracket. Um, I, you know, I'm not really someone who's like the rarer the autograph, the better. It's almost like the more common the autograph, the better. Because like, shouldn't everyone mm -hmm. get to meet their favorite character if they want to? I think I'm going to go the opposite of that, though, with Robin Hood. I think the rarity uh, makes it really cool just for this one. I like the target thing. I like Robin Des Boys, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. So I'm advancing. I'm advancing Robin Hood in a little upset here. I like Robin Hood's um, because of that flair. I like it because of the the arrow. I like. I interpret that R more as like a carving into a tree as opposed to maybe a bow, an arrow. I think that it's it looks like somebody who you know, lives, lives life in the woods on the run and is, is carving things into what he has. And that's kind of what this looks like. Um, but I'm going to go Tinkerbell. I think that Tinkerbell's signature is very flighty. I think that it's very sporadic. I think that can describe how she acts and reacts. She's very much a, a hothead. She's very much a, she, her, her, um, temperament can change really at any moment. And we see that throughout the film and her signature itself feels very floaty. Uh, there's it's on a consistency level gets a zero out of five. It looks like it kind of, kind of changes, but the same sentiment and that same energy is in each one, 
where it feels like she might be flying as she's writing this or she is trying to invoke that feeling of flight. And then, of course, I told you already, I'm going to be biased towards those little sparkles. If Mm -hmm. you can add that little sparkle flair, I'm going to love it. So I'm going Tinkerbell, which means that Taylor is breaking a tie. Wow. This is like hard work, you guys. You don't understand. (laughs) Anywho. (laughs) um, I like that Chris touched on a point I learned in my ethics class many, many moons ago. (laughs) And it was like, if you cannot will something as universal, then it's not ethical. And I feel like because Robin Hood is more elusive, then his signature is unethical. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. I was like, did I say that? You said he was, you know, you know, he's hiding out in the world. No, I got you. you I got you. Me. I got you. Um, I don't like his signature that much. Wow. I know. Wow. I would like it if I saw it on a tree, but mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Turns out Robin Hood actually like carves his signature into <laughs> something of yours. Yeah. He whips out a little <laughs> give me knife. Your, give me your iPhone. <laughs> I would like that. Sure. Um, Tinkerbell. Oh my gosh. Just looking at her signature, I'm just in love. I think according to graphology, I feel like if you look at her signature, you know exactly what type of person she is. Mm. And I love the little pixie dust dots. They're not circles. They're dots and yep. the stars. And I th- I have to choose Tinkerbell to advance on. I'm sorry. And also, I will say, I think this website, no offense to this website that we're getting our stuff from, <laughs> I think it's a little yeah. outdated because... When I go to Disneyland, I think Pixie Hollow is closed. It's roped off. Huh. And then Ariel's Grotto, isn't that the old restaurant in DCA that's now Lamplight Lounge? So isn't right. that? Right, so she's not hanging out over there anymore. Out too. So this website, no offense to you, but you got to get <laughs> on your game. Update it. Yeah, come on. Update it. All right, Tinkerbell's going to move on. Let's go on to this next matchup. It is the number seven, Donald Duck versus the number 10, Peter Pan. This is a battle of messy signatures here. (laughs) Uh, Donald Duck's is another one that's not super consistent, but also kind of consistent. Uh, It might be very flat at some points. It might be a little bit more rounded at others. Uh, It has that sweeping D on both Donald and Duck that is very reminiscent of the Disney uh, logo a little bit, but yeah. not not quite there. And then Donald and Uck are on cursive. But the, the flair, the thing that Donald adds is that he puts a number one at the bottom. And this is very characteristic of Donald. I mean, from the beginning of time, he's always trying to upstage Mickey. He's always jealous of of Mickey or anything that has taken the limelight from him. Think about the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse March. Like he tries to insert himself into that song. Think about the the short, the band concert. He is constantly trying to take over Mickey's band by performing a flute and derailing the entire show. He wants to be number one so, so bad. This is also a fully costumed character. So ease of writing it's it's there. I mean, all they have to do is write Donald Duck in cursive, basically. 
Um, and as you can see, depending on who's in that costume, it's going to vary a little bit. But I like the rushedness of the, the autograph. I like how quick it looks because Donald is quick to make decisions. He is quick to, to change temperament, much like Tinkerbell. Um, so I think that is a, a very solid autograph. Peter Pan's is interesting because you either veer towards Robin Hood or you veer towards Tinkerbell. It feels like he's in a matchup against himself from the previous one. You there's have one a, in here that's so low effort, though. It's like, oh, yeah, it's no, like there's the person one. just skipped the day they were supposed to learn the autograph. <laughs> yeah. And just wrote Peter Pan. That's all they did for that one. Uh, and yes, that you, you are definitely correct. Other ones like the P is always taking over the autograph. It's one big swooping backward C with a line kind of through it. Sometimes he'll draw a feather as the cross of the T, like the feather from his hat. Sometimes he'll add the little stars, the little sparkles that like Tinkerbell and Cinderella add. Um, the, his, his best autograph, in my opinion, is when he does keep it with the big sweeping uh, P's uppercase with the stars on it. it. It feels very authentic to him. That's very much a theme of that film. Second star to the right, pixie dust, like that all just kind of makes sense to him. But there's just no consistent look other than that big sweeping P. And that's why I'm going to go with Donald Duck because Donald Duck just feels a lot more authentic. It's a costumed character that is writing it. And you have a face character that they just have not figured out how they want this name to be written out. I don't like that. Peter Pan sucks anyways. I'm going Donald Duck. I'm a hundred percent with you on the inconsistency thing. I think the feather thing is like a cool idea for a little like very aggressive element of flair, but like these these signatures are all over the place. There's like seven of them and they all look different. Yeah. The Donald Duck ones, we've got four and three of them could be written by the same person. It is <laughs> right. so good. And every single one has the exact same flair. Number one. Some of these, like, you know performer might leave out the flair like it seems like that number one is like canon you gotta put that's part of the signature that's not optional um and like you said that's great for donald duck love it advancing him here over peter pan no problem taylor do you agree i agree because donald duck told me he said number one and i'm gonna start adding a number one after my signature because (laughs) that's how i truly feel but i think donald honestly like his temperament, it should be a little bit more scribbly. Like the third mm. one in is a little too round. Round means you're a little bit more genial. Like I don't even know if I said that right, but nice. I think it needs sure. to be more like, you know, scribbly, kind of like my dad's signature. <laughs> but <laughs> anywho, I will advance Donald on. All right, easy. So let's hop down to the next matchup. It's number three, Chippendale. Whereas number 14, Stitch, we've got a combo. We've got a combo yep. pack. Two for the price of one with Chip and Dale. Yep. And that's only because they normally come as one. Normally when they're out and about doing meet and greets and stuff, it's not just Chip or just Dale. They, they come as a pair. Um, and that is what I love about Chip and Dale. They work as a team. Um, so some places that you can find Chip and Dale... You can find them at Walt Disney World near Grand Avenue at Hollywood Studios, uh, Dinoland USA at Animal Kingdom in their little uh, Chippendale safari outfits. 
in California, you can find them in Town Square, Toontown, or near Grizzly Peak. So if y'all like want to kill some time ever, watch some Chippendale meet and greets on YouTube because <laughs> they are never not hilarious. I saw one. I, I mean, I saw tons of them, but one of them, they were at some type of character breakfast. Don't know where, but they were like fighting over a pen that someone okay. had given one of them to sign. And I don't know if they broke the pen or like, <laughs> the, it was just like the cap, but they were like throwing this pen like around the restaurant at each other. Uh, they were like playing like, uh, you know, take away with it. It was so mm-hmm. funny. Um, and this is, this all goes into that autograph. Right. Another, uh, just like non autograph meet and greet. Um, it was, <laughs> I, I, I need to link this to yeah. one or both of you, but it was someone like backstage dressing up as Jafar okay. going out into Hollywood studios. And they like filmed the actor, like describing how he's putting on the costume they filmed him like walking out on stage and then while he was on stage and at some point he like met up with a chip and they were like, (laughs) they were like in the middle of the street and like Jafar, like kind of like put his staff out and then chip like pretended that he died and then (laughs) like came back as a zombie and started like walking around like zombified just so like wholesome Disney entertainment. Totally. Um, that is, uh, that's just Chippendale. I um, mean, so I love them. They're, I do too. Um, and their signatures are very fun, but much like Peter Pan, they can be a little bit uh, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So Chip's defining feature as uh, as a twin is his <sighs> nose. Chip's nose looks like a chocolate chip, so it's black and a little bit pointier. And yep. so when Chip signs his signature sometimes beneath Chip, he'll draw a little nose and then uh, a little mouth with some buck teeth. Chip's teeth are together. So when if you know, might be super common to hand your autograph book to Chip and then to Dale, Dale will sign it with his crazy eyes um, (laughs) and his, and his two front teeth that are a little bit more separated. Uh, And Dale uses the A and the E in his name to, to make little crazy eyes. Um, sometimes they'll do like acorns. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at one where Chip has dotted his eye as an acorn. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks kind of like a, maybe a one-off or a two-off type yeah. signature. It looks like there's one where like there's a random heart. Uh, I know. I don't there's know. There's one where there's like leaves. Yeah. So they, much like Peter Pan, these are kind of all over the place, but Chip and Dale are also kind of all over the place. So, uh, it sort of makes sense. Going up against another crazy guy. It's Stitch. Yeah. Uh, Stitch's signature. I, I was on Disney, the Disney Reddit. I wasn't like on the Disney Reddit, but I was on my own Reddit. And this came up in like my Reddit feed. Uh-huh. Disney parks. Um, and it was someone who was like, Who's, whose signature is this? Don't know who it is. Um, and everyone was like, first of all, flip it upside down. <laughs> Second of all, now it's Stitch. So uh, apparently the Stitch had like taken the book, flipped it upside down, and then written the signature. And like uh, the Stitch signature is super not legible. No. 
It's, it's just um, very it's alien. So, it's literally alien. It, it, it's like someone who doesn't fully know the letters yep. of, the, of the English alphabet. Yep. So, uh, super, like, super in character. I mentioned the, like, <laughs> this is unrelated to the signature, but, like, Stitch, the Stitch costume is, like, the opposite of Stitch in the movie. In the movie, Stitch is a tiny dog-like creature with a big head. In real life, Stitch is a normal-sized <laughs> being with a proportionally-sized head. Uh-huh. And if, like, Lilo and Stitch are ever at a meet-and-greet in the Disney parks, they're, like, the same size. Right. When, like, they're both pretty small in the movie, but, like, Stitch is still smaller than Lilo mm-hmm. is. hmm Don't like that. <laughs> Appar- apparently, Stitch is becoming more and more rare uh, at Disneyland. I-, I remember seeing him at California Adventure near Tower of Terror uh, in, like, the mid-2010s. But I guess he's he's kind of like becoming a little bit res, less relevant as a character in California. At Disney World, he still, I guess, has or until recently had the Stitches escape attraction. Yeah. So so he, he pops up in Tomorrowland a lot. He's at Disneyland in Tomorrowland a lot these days. He's at the um Okay. The old Interventions building. He's he stands out on the like the the ramp up to it. Uh, since there's social distance like meet and greets and then i met him at dca it must have been like 2015 as part of like an ap visit like it was one of those things where you go and then you don't know who you're gonna get at the character meet and greet off to the side it was over like on the other side of monsters inc um and it was stitch and it was really weird (laughs) he's a weird character to me I think definitely the Stitch autograph is more in character. I'm going to go with Chip and Dale, though. I'm going to go with the uh, the favorite here. I just think that whole meet and greet is a more enjoyable one. I just don't like Stitch that much. I'll take Roger Rabbit over Stitch any day. I um, mean, I love all of the different variations on the Chip and Dale autographs. You didn't even bring up the fact that Chip and Dale's names in French are tick and tack. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's just such a, it's also just them, right? Like Chip and Dale is now like a, a, a duo that we recognize as, as a pair that goes together. Those names go together. Tick and Tack as well, right? It's just so good. Tick and Tack is boring as an autograph uh, in France. It's really just written out as it is. But um, Chip and Dale's, yeah, they're really fun. I think that, you know, the inconsistency does match their character. It's a little, it's a little squirrely, mm-hmm. even though they're chipmunks. <laughs> and I like how playful they are with it. Every variation is there's some sort of playfulness to it, whether it's Chip with the acorn as the eye, the dot of the eye, or the mouth down below his name, or even the I have the leaves if you wanted to. Um, and Dale, the consistency of the backwards E at the end of his name every single time, no matter what version you're looking at, the E is always going to be backwards because he is the the dumber of the two. He would write it as a backwards E. But I also really, really like Stitch because he is an alien. He's writing in the form of this kind of almost alien-esque language that he has formed to English. It kind of looks Star Wars-esque a little bit if if you can draw the parallel of like, if you're walking through star tours, there's everything's in English, but it's written in a way that looks alien. Batu, 
you go to Batu and you look at the Ronto Roasters menu before they changed the names from Batuian or whatever it is to now English. Now they just write it in a style that looks like alien to somebody on Earth. And that's kind of what Stitches looks like here. Um, so this matchup is really difficult for me personally, but I think that the Chippendale is the better, more invo- like invoking of their characters. It feels a little bit more Disney Parks than Stitch. I also don't like the Stitch meet and greet. The one time I did, I hated it. Uh, I'm going to go with Chippendale. Taylor, any issues with that? I just have to say this for the people. I know there's so many people who love Stitch. I think that because his he also goes by 626, the mm-hmm. signature looks kind of more like a bunch of numbers. Like the S's look like fives. And that makes sense to me where it, as he's learning the alphabet, he puts it in a way he understands, which is the numbers. Um, but I would also go with Chippendale. Sorry, Stitch. Yeah, no, that's a great point. He does only know numbers because everyone around him has been named as numbers the entire time. Let's move on to this last matchup. It is the number six Mad Hatter versus number 11, Dr. Facilier. This is an easy advance for Dr. Facilier for me. This is Mad Hatter is turnt. He is wacky and his signature does not evoke either of those things. His signature is very... Neat. It is written out as Mad Hatter. The H is a massive hat. This character has the literal shakes in the movie where he can't even hold a teacup still. That is not the energy that would write out this word, this this autograph. Dr. Facilier is very, it feels very slick and slimy. Everything is kind of elongated. It's all like together and then he gives you the little flare of a of a skull which is like on his hat friends on the other side whole death voodoo that whole thing it's an easy advance number 11 dr facilier for me battle of the top hats big time um what's interesting is like and this was i didn't mention this with peter pan but i'll mention it with mad hatter when mad hatter is out he's not just like chilling waiting for people to come up to him yeah he's like walking around he's playing duck duck goose he's like playing tag with alice he's fairly obnoxious and i 100 percent like get what you're saying with mad hatter's probably like on some type of drug (laughs) exactly and and he probably wouldn't have the type of like patience and coordination to nail this like super cool looking h Mm-hmm. That that creates the the hatter is a giant hat, like you said. I'm very into it, though. Yeah, it looks great. I just don't think it fits him. The Doctor Facilier. I don't know if it's just the examples that we got on this website, but like it looks like it's. I think like the template looks good, but in practice, I don't know that the performer hits it every time. Uh, I'm going with Mad Hatter. I like the I like the H the hat for the H. Uh, more than I like the skull. I get what you're saying, though, and I and I do agree with it. I just I think it's a better signature. So Taylor's breaking our final final tie. Wow! Here. Oh my gosh, working overtime. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. these are both two very great signatures. I love both these characters. I've seen Doctor Facilier at Oogie Boogie Bash. 
Mm. And he's great in person. He's so just big and interactive, but in a different way than Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter is a little more eccentric. But I realized when looking at Dr. Facilier's signatures that I like it better with the circles instead of the dots for the eyes. I feel like it makes it look more Disney on all signatures. Sure. So sorry to Kyle. <laughs> he hates circles, apparently. <laughs> Anti-circle. Anti-circle club. Um, I could go either way with this. So unfortunately, I feel as though Chris's argument was a little bit stronger. So I'm going to have to go with Mad Hatter moving forward. Wow. You started this episode by explaining (laughs) that you and I would probably be more parks compatible than Chris and I. And yet er, almost every tie except for one, you've sided with Chris. I feel betrayed. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's not like anyone's keeping track or anything. No, no, no. no, I don't have a tally going. No, no. That's that would be crazy. All right. Well, that does it. That does it for this round of 16. And it was it was a good one. We were able to really dive in to all of these signatures. And our Elite Eight next time is going to look like the number one Mickey Mouse versus the number nine Woody. Down the bracket, it's going to be the number four Cinderella versus the number five Ariel. Across the bracket, it's going to be the number two Tinkerbell versus the number seven Donald Duck. And to round out the Elite Eight, it's going to be the number three Chip and Dale versus the number six Mad Hatter. Taylor, even though you betrayed me almost every step of the way, we really appreciate you joining this episode and breaking these ties and, and adding your insight and all of your these these knowledge of what is it? What did you say? Gra- Graphology. What are we doing yes. over here? Graphology. Yes. Love it. Thank you for joining us. And and um, we got a lot of single digits left here. Yeah. I mean, entirely single digits left in our round of eight. So stay tuned. It's gonna be gonna be an interesting part too of this bracket. There's only one upset. <laughs> it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. Wow. All right, folks. Well, <laughs> you know how to reach us. You got something to say. I, I don't imagine you have anything to say about these autographs, but if you do, hit us up. Email us at mousemadispodcast.gmail.com or follow us on social media. Reach out to us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Join our community on Patreon. Shout out to all our patrons out there. Yep. The, the crew is strong. Join us. We would love to have you. Till next time, folks. See ya real soon. <laughs> <laughs>